Today is Thursday, March 26th. We're talking about everything from an update on that bipartisan effort to pass a massive stimulus package and what's in it, to some unfortunate milestones in the U.S. and around the world, to even the new thing Americans seem to be hoarding at the grocery store. Plus, how Prince Charles is doing after testing positive, the celebrities pitching in millions of dollars, and how a tech competition could help us all. Then hang out after the news for Thing to Know Thursday's bonus interview. We're talking with a record-setting astronaut about dealing with isolation. Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy. All the day's news in less than 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. It got a unanimous yes all week. You've been hearing about that enormous stimulus package meant to alleviate the economic fallout from the new coronavirus. Well, senators put it up to a vote with unusual speed and unanimously decided to approve the largest emergency aid package in U.S. history. After all the tweaks made in negotiations this week, the price tag grew to $2.2 trillion. And now that it passed the Senate, it moves on to the House. Then it goes to the president for his signature. And the bill will likely impact almost all Americans in some way. Here's at least some of what's in it. First, it still includes those individual payments everyone's been talking about. Here's how those break down. Every adult who makes up to $75,000 a year will get a one-time $1,200 check from the federal government. People who earn a bit more than that will get a little less. And individuals who make more than $99,000 a year will not get a check at all. The thresholds and payments are pretty much doubled for married couples. The government will also send $500 per child to qualifying households. By the way, that part is all based on your 2019 federal tax returns, if you've already filed, and if not, it will be based on your 2018 returns. The money likely won't go out until closer to May. Another $500 billion is designated for corporations like the airline industry and cruise liners. Businesses will also get a tax credit for keeping idle workers on their payrolls. They'll get a refund for what's spent on wages, up to $5,000 a worker. But Democrats did make sure a provision was added so President Trump and his family cannot benefit from those programs. Now, keep in mind, we're only getting into a few aspects of this bill here, which is actually 800 pages long. It also includes money for the National Guard, for hospitals, universities, small businesses, and public transportation. It helps with social programs like food assistance and unemployment. And money is carved out to help state and local governments as well. So where does it go from here? Well, the House Majority Leader announced the House will convene Friday morning to consider this bill, and it is expected to pass. Then it's on to President Trump, who has said several times this week that when he gets it, he'll sign it. There are now more than 69,000 confirmed COVID-19 cases in the U.S., meaning America now has the third highest number of cases in the world behind China and Italy. And another unfortunate milestone— The U.S. has now reported more than 1,000 deaths from the virus. The center of America's outbreak is still New York, where the state is reporting almost half of America's total cases. And yet New York's governor says the peak may still be three weeks away. He says there's a reason the city is getting the brunt of this pandemic right now. First, because it's 8.6 million people live and work in such close proximity to one another. And also because the city is a gateway to international travelers. Some New Yorkers are reportedly rushing to get out of the outbreak hot zone, But they're starting to face a lot of scrutiny. For example, Florida's governor now says airline passengers who arrive from New York will be questioned by the National Guard when they get there. And authorities are developing an app that will track those visitors while they're in Florida. Remember, the White House already told people from the New York metro area to self-isolate for two weeks if they leave. 
Over on the West Coast, California's governor said more than half of the state's COVID-19 cases are people younger than 50. That said, the severe cases still skewed older. It's a reminder that anyone can be affected and anyone can affect other more vulnerable people as well. The mayor of Los Angeles, America's second largest city, told Business Insider he does not expect L.A. to open back up anytime soon. Actually, he says people there will likely be sheltered at home until at least May and should prepare for even longer. Meanwhile, President Trump clarified his goal of reopening the country before Easter. He said it depends on which state we're talking about here because some might be able to reopen before others. As far as which ones, well, we'll have to wait and see. While we talk about the new coronavirus, it's important to mention Europe is still in the middle of the worst of it. Both Italy and Spain just saw about 700 deaths within 24 hours. Both have now seen more deaths from this virus than China, where the outbreak started. And while there still aren't any proven medical treatments, scientists all over the world are working hard to change that. In Britain, for example, the government said it plans to distribute millions of tests to see if people are immune to COVID-19. These blood tests are still a trial, but if it works properly, and it is still an if, it could potentially clear the way for some people who caught the virus and recovered from it to possibly return to work or volunteer to help others. Already, though, the British government recruited more than 400,000 people who are stepping up and helping care for senior citizens who have to stay home. The recruiting drive drew nearly twice its goal in less than 24 hours. Over in Buckingham Palace, Prince Charles, the heir to the British throne, was diagnosed with COVID-19. But the BBC reports the 71-year-old is said to have only mild symptoms and is otherwise in good health. Of course, he's self-isolating at home. As for how he got it, that's tough to say. He's had a bunch of royal engagements in the last few weeks, so he could have picked it up anywhere. It's worth noting the Queen is said to be in good health. Celebrities are doing their part to help the world recover from the coronavirus pandemic. Here are some of the biggest donations announced this week. Singer Rihanna's foundation announces donating $5 million. It'll be split among organizations like Feeding America, the International Rescue Committee, and several others. Married actors Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are donating a million dollars to food banks in the U.S. and Canada. And Reynolds is also providing relief through his business, Aviation American Gin. He's donating a percentage of profits to bartenders who have been put out of work. Of course, many others are giving in various ways as well, and also encouraging their millions of fans to take part. Oh, and remember last weekend when Rosie O'Donnell revived her talk show for one night to help the Actors Fund? Well, that streaming show featured a bunch of Broadway stars and ended up raising $600,000. And speaking of Broadway, the 74th annual Tony Awards are now officially postponed because of the pandemic. The new date is TBD. All right, we have more news ahead, but first, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor this week, Native. Native deodorant is formulated without aluminum, parabens, or talc, and it's never tested on animals. You always know what you're putting on your body because there are simple ingredients you've actually heard of, which I think is especially important when you put something on your body every day. And Native works. It's my favorite deodorant. And their scents are the best, like coconut and vanilla and cucumber and mint. And there are even seasonal options or unscented. So there's something for everyone. Also, Native is excited for the relaunch of their toothpaste line. They have natural toothpaste that whitens teeth and freshens breath, and there are fluoride versions. And look, there's no risk to try Native's products. You get free shipping on every order, and Native offers 30-day free returns and exchanges in the U.S. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code NEWSWORTHY during checkout. Again, go to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code NEWSWORTHY at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. Now, back to the news. 
The World Health Organization is partnering with some of the world's biggest tech companies to fight the new coronavirus. CNBC reports Facebook, Microsoft, Twitter, TikTok, and a bunch of others are all participating in a so-called hackathon. They're trying to develop software that will help address this pandemic. So Business Insider says their projects will focus on health, like how to protect vulnerable populations or advance telemedicine or develop remote learning tech that schools can use. The tech companies have until Monday to submit their projects, then the best will be announced on April 3rd. The Weather Channel is using its storm tracking software to track COVID-19 cases. Engadget reports its app and website will now include a bunch of easy-to-read maps and charts. It'll break down how the virus is spreading in your town or city, as well as around the globe. The Hill reports it's pulling data from the World Health Organization and local and state sources to give people a clearer picture of the outbreak. It's not just toilet paper. Americans seem to also be stockpiling eggs right now. CNN reports earlier this month, egg sales were up 44% compared to the same week in 2019. In fact, some grocery stores in New York say they're paying their egg suppliers double. And agricultural experts say the burden is starting to be passed on to shoppers with the prices of eggs, milk, and ground beef all going up. Speaking of grocery stores, a bunch of them are adding glass shields at the checkout stands so their cashiers and customers can try to avoid sharing germs. Fox News reports this is already happening at Walmart, Kroger, Albertsons, and Publix. Some stores are also adding floor decals at the checkout lanes to remind people to stand six feet apart while in line. Many companies continue to step up to contribute, including thanking healthcare workers. For example, Starbucks is giving free coffee to the people on the front lines of this outbreak. Just remember, Starbucks is only doing drive-through and delivery right now. Also, Uber is offering free meals and discounted rides for medical workers in some of the hardest-hit areas of the U.S. And Lyft says free and discounted bike-sharing passes are available for workers like first responders and transit employees. And that's it for the main news today, but now it's time for Thing to Know Thursday, where a different expert explains a different thing to know only on Thursdays after the news. And this week, because many of us are following stay-at-home orders and practicing social distancing, we thought it would be useful and interesting to hear from someone who has faced more isolation than almost anyone, NASA astronaut Christina Cook. You've heard her name on this show before. Cook recently set the record for the longest single space flight by a woman spending 328 days in space. And now she's here to share her best advice. Hi, Christina. First of all, thank you so much for coming on The Newsworthy, and congratulations on the historic mission. You are doing incredible work. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. So first, can you at least briefly help paint a picture in our minds about what it's like living on the International Space Station for nearly a year? I mean, it's my understanding the livable space in the ISS is about the size of a six-bedroom house. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And you obviously cannot go outside that house um, unless you are lucky enough for to do the rare experience of doing a spacewalk. Um, but yes, it is just like teleworking in some ways. You live and work in your own workspace. There is very limited private space. So we each have a crew quarters area that's about the size of a phone booth, and that's considered our private area. And then the rest of the station is community space. There are some labs that we do most of our work in. There are some kind of habitability modules, like, for example, where we eat and where we can look out the window at the Earth. Um, but for the most part, you are just inside seeing the same walls and the same folks for uh, several months in a row. Did you have to go through a lot of psychological training before you spend a year in space? And NASA, part of our training is on expeditionary behavior skills, which are the skills that allow you to kind of operate at your best, even in close quarters for a long period of time. Things like communication, 
self-care, team care, leadership, followership, and group living. And so learning about those skills and the the tangible things that you can do to make sure that you and your team are operating um, optimally, even under stressful situations, is something they definitely focus on. And I'm really fortunate to have had the training on. As people all over the country and the world really are following stay-at-home orders right now, what do you think are a couple of the top things that helped you cope? Yeah, I think that number one is finding something that you love about this life that we're all um, living right now that you know you will not ever have again. And focusing on that first and foremost, putting it on repeat in your own thoughts, how much you love that and how special and unique that is, you know, and that can be something big or small. It can be something as simple as, oh, I love, you know, being able to have my two-year-old on my lap when I'm checking my morning work email or um, it can be even something like that you don't have to do that you don't like, such as sitting in traffic in your morning commute or, you know, being able to have the windows open during the middle of the day in your house. Whatever that thing is that you just really enjoy during this time, if you focus on that, it could be a philosophy, it could be something little or small, and just think about how you won't probably ever have that opportunity again and just kind of revel in it, then you, for me, that really helps me to not constantly think about when is this going to be over. I'd love to know, what did your day-to-day look like also? Like, did it help to have, you know, maintain a schedule or routine? Were there certain things you, you did to help pass the time, that sort of thing? Yes, it's a little bit different for everyone, but I think for a lot of people, the less structure in their lives, maybe working from home is something to, is a a new and unique challenge. Scheduling, I think, is important, but I also think it's important to not go too far in any one direction. Don't set an unrealistic uh, to-do list for yourself because then it may seem so overwhelming that you don't tackle it. Um, I like to do little things like set a timer um, to do a task that I might need to do for 30 minutes. And when that timer's up, I'm taking a break no matter what. I think a lot of things about our day and space were highly, highly structured. So there, the challenge was actually finding a moment to yourself. And maybe some people are experiencing that in this situation if their kids are home and they're trying to work from home. So then the challenge becomes what I call create a crew quarters for yourself. Create a little space where you can just relax recharge and kind of regroup on your own. And if you don't have a physical space where you can do that, maybe going on a walk around the block or something like that, you can let your family and friends know that you might just need a little time to jam out to some music with some headphones on or something like that. Another thing that we're all experiencing is being away from some of the people we love. And I think setting up fun kind of virtual play dates for things is really neat. I recently did a video chat with my four-year-old niece where we played a board game together. And uh, we had the video camera focused on the board game and she rolled the dice for me and did my moves. And it was a really fun way to connect. And, and we would have never done that otherwise. Um, you know, not everyone has the luxury of broadband right now, but I think most people do have a phone. And even if you're just doing something like texting someone throughout the day when you see something that reminds you of them, or when you remember something, a fun, you know, memory that you had together and just staying relevant in each other's lives, I think is a really important thing. And you've said before, it's not about the number of days, but what you do with those days. Can you explain? I think if you focus each day with how can I make this day a better day for someone else, instead of, ugh, you know, it's another day in this environment for me, I really, I'm not really digging this. I think that change in focus allows you to then have kind of the challenge of, communicating with the people around you better so that you can see what they need and coming up with creative solutions for how you might provide that. And I think to me, that was the way I made the most out of every day 
um, rather than just kind of ticking away the days and waiting for them to all be over. Well, you just got back to Earth on, what, February 6th. So how are you readjusting to Earth after spending a year in space? I, I was lucky that for the first few weeks, kind of um, life on Earth was pretty normal. So I was able to reintegrate, kind of relearn all the things. Like one of the things that's really daunting for astronauts after they return are is something simple, like going going to the grocery store seeing all of the choices that we have here. You know, you just came from a world where every outfit you wore was packaged for you by NASA. Everything you ate was uh, was decided for you. And now you're just opened up to all of the choice, all of the interactions with other people and things like that. And so all those things I was able to ease into kind of in a normal environment before things changed. And I'm really grateful for that because it allowed me to reintegrate kind of like normal and I can and I can actually appreciate what we're all going through together for what it is, rather than having come back um, from a, one unique environment into another and not ever getting to kind of hit that reset button. Before we go, do you have plans to go back to space and even potentially be one of the first women or the first woman to walk on the moon? Well, I'm certainly happy that I'm staying in the astronaut program. And of course, anyone in our astronaut corps would be honored to to fly on any mission, and especially one where we're going back to the moon. Um, through the Artemis mission, we're really looking forward to, you know, having the first woman walk on the moon in the coming years, and then eventually using those technologies to go even deeper into space and, and to explore Mars. And I think every single astronaut, like I said, would be honored and is completely qualified and exceptional at being able to fulfill that mission. If it were to be an honor that I could do, I would be very happy, but I'm just happy that I'll probably know the first woman to walk on the moon. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to add or any final takeaway? You know, I think one final takeaway that has helped me in this experience has been to treat this experience as like exploring a new planet or a new world. You know, I love exploration. That's what drew me to the space program. And when you think about this as an opportunity to explore, what are the things that we do under this new normal? Where are the places that can feel new to us, the different opportunities that it gives us, the different ways of interacting with each other that we're not used to? And look at it as an opportunity to explore a new world rather than focusing on the things that we may not have, I think that's really helped me to reframe it and to even be, to look at it as exciting. And you can learn more about our guest today or read more about any of the news stories mentioned today. Just go to thenewsworthy.com, click episodes, and then look for today's date. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. The Newsworthy is ready for you by four in the morning every weekday. We'll be back with more news tomorrow. Have a great day. Have a great day.